Good morning, I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for January 19th, 2022. I think we're at a point where the choice now is clear between annihilation from war or an opportunity for peaceful cooperation. Uh, the meetings last week between the Russians and the United States were in themselves inconclusive, with both sides saying that there was no agreement the U.S. saying it would not sign the treaties that President Putin has put forward uh, to defend Russian security. Uh, and at the same time, the Russians are insisting that they have a right to move troops around within Russia and that they're not planning to invade Ukraine, but that there has to be a change in the security architecture. Now, this is a very stark choice. And from the West and NATO, we're still hearing war talk. The Secretary General of NATO, Stoltenberg, said, looks like we're heading toward war. They're still pushing the line that Russia is about to invade, that Russia is preparing for an invasion, and that they may use a false flag operation, that is the shooting of some Russian soldiers or uh, people defending the Donbas area from the Ukrainians. They may trigger some kind of outburst that would provide a, a uh, pretext for the Russians to invade. And that's being said by people all over Europe, including from uh, the Baltic states, Poland, and uh, NATO command center. Uh, they're saying now that the military maneuvers going on between Russia and Belarus, who are uh, military partners, that their maneuvers represent a new threat as Russian troops are, quote, massing, unquote, on the Ukrainian border either to join in a pincers operation from Belarus and from Russia against Ukraine, uh, or as an intimidation. But they're, they're continuing to say that this is part of a Russian invasion plan. Now, when they say that, there's no mention at all of the fact that Ukrainian forces are now uh, deployed to the border of Belarus, nor do they refer to the fact that half the Ukrainian army is now deployed to the Dnieper River, which is the dividing line between uh, the Ukraine under Kiev and the Donbas republics, which are demanding autonomy. The fact that the half the Ukrainian army is deployed there doesn't seem to factor into the equation. Uh, there's also no mention of the fact that it was Ukraine that broke off the talks with Russia over implementing the Minsk Accord. But this is now becoming an issue as some in the West are starting to bring it up. Today, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State of the United States, who's been one of the more shrill voices pushing for confrontation, uh, he's in Kiev meeting with the Ukrainians. And according to a State Department spokesman, they're warning that the Belarus deployment could be used to create a false pretext, unquote, for Russia to invade Ukraine. And they're continuing, that is the State Department spokesman, is continuing to predict that there will be a Russian invasion in the second half of January or uh, up to mid-February. Now, while all of this continues to be quite stark and allegations going back and forth uh, attacking each other, there are signs of a possible diplomatic breakthrough. But a diplomatic breakthrough has to get at the fundamental question raised by Russia, which is the threat to Russian national security by an expansion of NATO, by deploying weapon systems into Ukraine, 
which both the U.S. and the British are doing. The U.S. and the British are putting new weapons systems, both defensive and threatening offensive weapons deployment into Ukraine. The Russians are saying that's a red line. Ukraine membership in NATO is a red line. And also the Russians are saying there must be an escalation of the talks to carry out the Minsk agreements on providing uh, the basis for a prolonged ceasefire in the Donbas region based on granting autonomy to them by the Kiev government. Now, some of the diplomatic breakthroughs, Blinken will be meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov on January 21st. And Blinken said, in contrast to his usual belligerence, Blinken said he's 150% committed to a diplomatic off-ramp. In other words, reaching a diplomatic agreement to end the stalemate. Uh, he's going to be in Kiev, as I said, today and in Berlin tomorrow. Now, the Berlin factor here is, is becoming very interesting uh, because there's a change undergoing the government in Germany, the Schultz government. Uh, there was very tough talk coming from the Green ministers, Habeck and Baerbock. Baerbock is the foreign minister. But then she met with uh, Sergei Lavrov yesterday. And the, according to the Russian printout, in any case, the talks were very uh, con conducted very well. Uh, Baerbock talked about the need to normalize relations between Germany and Russia. This is after she's been saying such things as Germany has to upgrade its air force, that Germany would welcome nuclear weapons coming back on the German soil. Well, she changed her tune meeting with Lavrov, uh, who's a, a career diplomat, very experienced, very knowledgeable. And one of the things they talked about uh, the most was the Normandy process, this idea of resolving the crisis in East Ukraine. Uh, Baerbock said we need to breathe life back into the Normandy Agreement. Now, remember, the Normandy Agreement was signed by Ukraine and Russia. It was pushed by Germany and France. But uh, the Russians have said they're very disappointed that the Germans and the French have not insisted that Kiev live up to the agreement. And Kiev refuses to negotiate. They claim it's the Russians who won't negotiate, but the, the actual agreement is there in writing. So will there be a Minsk II? That's the question that's coming up. Now, after the meeting, Lavrov attacked the double standard, which says that Russian troops cannot move around inside Russia on the Ukraine border. One State Department official said the Russian troops should go back to the barracks as though they were actually commanding the Russian troops what to do. Now, Lavrov said, well, why is it that the Russian troops have to retreat, but NATO troops can continue to press forward on the borders of Russia? And that's only a matter of concern for NATO, not Russia. This double standard, this hypocrisy, was called out by Sergei Lavrov. Now, interesting also is that Handelsblatt, the German business daily, had a report that the discussion of cutting off Russia from the SWIFT international financial transaction system would be a disaster for Europe and is being taken off the table. Now, this is important because Blinken and others have referred to cutting Russia off from SWIFT as the nuclear option. That is, short of war, if Russia invaded Ukraine, they would be taken, kicked out of the SWIFT system. Well, what we're seeing is because of the Russian-Chinese alliance 
And because of the dependence of Europe on trade with Russia and China, the idea that you kick Russia out and force a situation where Russia and China may move to a different system is more of a threat to the Western nations than it is to Russia. Similarly, cutting off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, not letting it open, is a bigger threat to Europe than it is to Russia. Russia is going to continue to produce oil and gas. Uh, it has markets all over the world. But Germany is in a very bad situation because of the Green New Deal, because of the shutdown of nuclear, the move out of coal, and now the dependence on Russian oil and gas. Now, this is not dependence in, the, in a military sense, but as a business deal. And the United States has been saying, and people like Ted Cruz, the, the loudmouth from Texas, saying that we've got to cut off this supply of gas. This is a Russian blackmail against Europe. Well, the Russians have continued to deliver their, their uh, contracts with no delay. So the idea that you, you can no longer accept the oil and gas from Russia is absurd. So Schultz himself, the German chancellor, has said, well, uh, let's back away from some of these threats and see what can be negotiated. Uh, and he also said that Germany could play a mediating role between Russia and NATO and the West. The Germans decided that they would not provide arms to Ukraine, whereas the British and, and the U.S., as I said earlier, did. And also Schultz yesterday had a long talk with the Chinese uh, uh, president, uh, Li Qiang, Qiang, a long ta talk about expanding bilateral relations. China is a major partner with Germany. And then Xi Jinping at Davos in his speech, and I don't have time to go through what he said now, but we'll probably, it, it'll be covered on our website. He made an appeal for peaceful cooperation. And he said something that was very similar to what Helga Zeppelin-Rue said in the webcast we did last week. Uh, she said, no nation is safe unless all are. This is a restatement of the principles of the Peace of Westphalia. Helga Zeppelin-Rue said, we must go back to those principles. Tony Blair was the one who in 1999 said, throw these principles out. It's a Hobbesian world. It's each against all. But the Chinese president made the statement that we must treat each other with respect and that the only guarantee of security is peaceful cooperation. Well, that's a good sign for humanity. So we're still in the midst of, of an incredible moment of great tension for the world. But there are signs that some in the West are beginning to realize that Putin is not going to cave in the Russians have legitimate demands on their security questions, and the West does not. On top of which, a Russia-China alliance, both economically and militarily, is formidable and rep would represent a potentially existential threat to the West if it went to war. So keep pushing for the solutions we're proposing, the new Bretton Woods, the four power agreement, the prospects are great for a change because the alternative is so horrible. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you again tomorrow.